No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we conclude the amazing love story from the book of Ruth and discover how it relates to our relationship with Christ. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl concludes the book of Ruth, chapter 4, on Simply the Bible. Today we finish this amazing love story between Boaz and Ruth. Ruth was a Moabitess widow who had been married to an Israelite. She had moved to Bethlehem with her mother-in-law, Naomi. Now Ruth had let Boaz know that she would like him to fulfill the duty of the kinsman redeemer who would marry her and redeem the property of her deceased husband. Boaz was willing, but there was a closer relative who had first priority. We continue in Ruth chapter 4. Now Boaz went up to the gate and sat down there, and behold, the close relative of whom Boaz had spoken came by. So Boaz said, come aside, friend, sit down here. So he came aside and sat down and he took 10 men of the elders of the city and said, sit down here. So they sat down. The city gate was the place where the elders gathered and decisions were made and important transactions were witnessed. It was like the city hall and the county courthouse all in one. The closer relative to Naomi, who had the first right of redemption, came by. Did he just happen to come by while Boaz was there? Or was this a divinely arranged appointment? When our lives are committed to God, there is no such thing as happenstance. Our steps are ordered of him. He is working out everything according to his will. Then he said to the close relative, Naomi, who has come back from the country of Moab, sold the piece of land which belonged to our brother Elimelech. And I thought to inform you, saying, buy it back in the presence of the inhabitants and the elders of my people. If you will redeem it, redeem it. But if you will not redeem it, then tell me that I may know, for there is no one but you to redeem it, and I am next after you. And he said, I will redeem it. Boaz begins his presentation of the facts. No doubt he had thought this through because he wanted to marry Ruth and exercise the right of redemption. Now, the law of redemption stated that a person who sold his family inheritance could always buy it back. And if he couldn't afford to redeem it himself, then a family member could do it for him. Thus, the family inheritance would remain in the family. Boaz wisely presented the land redemption first, figuring that the other kinsman redeemer would snatch up the opportunity. And sure enough, the man walked right into it. But wait, there's more. Then Boaz said, on the day you buy the field from the hand of Naomi, you must also buy it from Ruth the Moabitess, the wife of the dead, to perpetuate the name of the dead through his inheritance. Boaz knew that the main obstacle in this deal would be for the relative to marry Ruth, who was a Moabitess. Many people in Israel would not understand, for the law prohibited a Moabite from entering the assembly of Israel to the 10th generation. Taking on this responsibility would mean that the firstborn son that Ruth bore to him 
would have the name of the deceased husband to carry on his name in Israel. And the close relative said, I cannot redeem it for myself, lest I ruin my own inheritance. You redeem my right of redemption for yourself, for I cannot redeem it. Now, it isn't clear how this action would have jeopardized this man's own inheritance. The bottom line was that he was looking after himself and his family inheritance rather than Ruth. Now, this was the custom in former times in Israel concerning redeeming and exchanging to confirm anything. One man took off his sandal and gave it to the other. And this was a confirmation in Israel. Therefore, the close relatives said to Boaz, buy it for yourself. So he took off his sandal. Now, the text says that this was the custom in Israel concerning confirming transactions. But the law tells us that removing the sandal only applied to the kinsman redeemer who was unwilling to perform this duty for his deceased brother and his brother's widow. In Deuteronomy 25, we are told that the widow would remove his sandal, spit in his face, and say, so shall it be done to the man who will not build up his brother's house. Now, Ruth wasn't here at the city gate, and she probably wouldn't have done that anyway because she wanted to marry Boaz, not this guy. There was great responsibility placed on men to care for their brothers and their wives. Therefore, if your brother wanted to marry someone, you would take a good look at the person he wanted to marry because if something happened to him, then she could become your wife. To neglect this responsibility was considered scandalous. From then on, you would be called the house of him who had his sandal removed. I guess you could say he would be called the scandalous sandalous. However, at this point in the history of the judges, it could be that there was no longer such a stigma attached to refusing the right of redemption since no derogatory title was mentioned for this guy. But what is mentioned is that the man took off his sandal and told Boaz, buy it yourself. The possession of the single sandal would prove that this kinsman redeemer had surrendered his right of redemption. And Boaz said to the elders and all the people, You are witnesses this day that I have bought all that was Elimelech's and all that was Kilaon's and Malon's from the hand of Naomi. Moreover, Ruth, the Moabitess, the widow of Malon, I have acquired as my wife to perpetuate the name of the dead through his inheritance, that the name of the dead may not be cut off from among his brethren and from his position at the gate. You are witnesses this day. This was a cloud of witnesses at the city gate. They were there to witness important transactions, sort of like a notary public. In the book of Hebrews, we are told of another cloud of witnesses. These are those who have gone before us and by faith have inherited God's promises. Hebrews 12.1 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Many people act selfishly as though their action or inaction affects only themselves. But we are surrounded by a cloud of witnesses who are watching us. We need to get rid of those things that would hinder us so that we may run our race honorably and run to win and finish well. 
It has been said, don't do anything you wouldn't want to read in tomorrow's news. But how much more should we consider what will be said about us throughout eternity in heaven? Boaz acted honorably by doing the right thing for Ruth, her deceased husband, and Naomi. And he would be forever remembered in God's book. And all the people who were at the gate and the elders said, We are witnesses. The Lord make the woman who is coming to your house like Rachel and Leah, the two who built the house of Israel. And may you prosper in Ephrathah and be famous in Bethlehem. May your house be like the house of Perez, whom Tamar bore to Judah, because of the offspring which the Lord will give you from this young woman. The witnesses said, The Lord make the woman who is coming to your house like Rachel and Leah. Only God can make a couple fruitful. Likewise, when a couple cannot have children, we must accept God's hand in it. But God also causes the barren to conceive. Nothing is impossible with God. Bethlehem was in the region of Ephrathah, sort of like Boise is in the county of Ada. They said, May you prosper in Ephrathah. It's a play on words because Ephrathah means place of fruitfulness. These witnesses could not have known that Boaz and Ruth's great-grandson would be David, the man after God's own heart, the sweet psalmist of Israel and the greatest king of Israel except for Jesus Christ. It was amazing what God was going to do. So Boaz took Ruth and she became his wife. And when he went into her, the Lord gave her conception and she bore a son. Now, at this point, we may wonder how Boaz could take Ruth as his wife when the law did prohibit Israelites from marrying Moabites like Rahab before her, who was from the Canaanite city of Jericho. Ruth exercised faith in the Lord. Even though she was from idolatrous Moab, she took shelter beneath the wings of the God of the Hebrews. Then she proved that she was a woman of extraordinary virtue. But the bottom line is that Boaz redeemed Ruth by grace. What a beautiful picture this is of how Jesus Christ has taken a Gentile bride by grace. Boaz redeemed Ruth with money, but Jesus has redeemed us with his own blood. The Lord gave Ruth conception and she bore a son. You know, every pregnancy is a gift from God. And how tragic that in our culture it is often only considered a mass of tissue and subject to the choice of the mother whether it lives or dies. How many people despise this most precious gift? And how many who have had an abortion need the Lord to heal the great wound of their heart? Jesus will do this if we ask him, for he is the one who binds up the brokenhearted. Then the women said to Naomi, Blessed be the Lord who has not left you this day without a close relative. And may his name be famous in Israel. And may he be to you a restorer of life and a nourisher of your old age for your daughter-in-law who loves you, who is better to you than seven sons, has borne him. Then Naomi took the child and laid him on her bosom and became a nurse to him. Also, the neighbor women gave him a name saying, There is a son born to Naomi, and they called his name Obed. He is the father of Jesse, the father of David. 
It is interesting that the women spoke this blessing to Naomi. Now she would have an heir in Israel. When she returned from Moab, having lost her husband and two sons, she said, don't call me Naomi, meaning my delight. Call me Mara, meaning bitter. But now Naomi was rejoicing beyond measure. Many times when God permits us to suffer through painful trials, it is only to bless us more abundantly in the end. Now this is the genealogy of Perez. Perez begot Hezron, Hezron begot Ram, and Ram begot Aminadab. Aminadab begot Nashon, and Nashon begot Salmon. Salmon begot Boaz, and Boaz begot Obed. Obed begot Jesse, and Jesse begot David. This genealogy is important because it is the lineage of Jesus Christ. It's also mentioned in Matthew chapter 1. Ruth is one of only three women mentioned in the genealogy of Christ, and the other two are Tamar and Rahab. Each of these women in some way had a sordid past, but they were the ancestors of Christ, our Redeemer. And how appropriate, for he has redeemed us with our sordid past and brought us into his family. What a beautiful love story this is between Boaz and Ruth and Christ and his church. Jesus is our kinsman redeemer. As his beloved bride, let us praise his name. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to previous episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. Next week, we'll spend some time in the book of Genesis as we look at God's covenant with Abraham. We hope you'll join us next time on Simply the Bible.